Hello, hello, yo! <laughs> Not bad, Josh. You know, for a guy that is known throughout the internet for sucking at bagpipes, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally I can squeak something out without uh, too many posture or uh, grip mistakes, I guess, is the, the common mm. meme when it comes to me playing. Yeah, hello, we're all everyone. fond of a good grip, aren't we? All fond of a nice, firm grip, Rabby. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Channel Rain Podcast. You have five seconds to listen to something else. Perhaps the show of my illustrious guest, Mr. Uh, Big Rab himself. But that's five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Rabby, give it to us. Heck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I don't, I don't know where else. It's, it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. You know you know what I'm talking about. I mean. Do you, it's everywhere, man. You, yeah. It's like the first thing you do. I was talking to someone recently, and they want to set up a podcast. And I was like, well, the first thing you do is you find where you're hosting your podcast, and like you set up your little RSS feed and all that stuff. And then you mm-hmm. submit it to every fucking platform known to man. <laughs> and then you just forget about it. Yeah, that's it. I think multitasking is a great skill yeah. when it comes to podcasting. And uh, in my case, I can't multitask at all. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, but you also luckily have the help of a very talented team, which I'm sure helps uh, take some of the load off your shoulders. Oh, definitely. Without the guys, the show wouldn't be half of this, you know, honestly. It would still just be me talking to myself to a microphone <laughs> and nothing else happens to it. But now, Aaron, Andrew, Adige, all those guys, it's fantastic, honestly, the whole team behind us. Yeah. Well, and speaking of uh, large loads on Rab's shoulders, listeners can send us emails and voicemails to be played on air. Um, we have a we have a call in phone number, but I don't really know how to access it, so I'm not going to list it right now. I'll figure that out before next show because we're like, oh, we should okay. do like you know, people can call in and leave voicemails because maybe it's too hard to record something on your phone and email it in. And I know it's it's amazing like the technology the way it is. You think something like that is easy? I don't know. Incredibly difficult, you know, to press record. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you're Australian, Snapchat. Check out the Channerant store at channerant.com, where you can get the hard to see because it's very dark in here embroidered Channer logo hat, and also we have a beanie. Ooh, now do you know what I love, Josh? Is the one of the six or not the secret six hat that you had? That, that, do you still have those? Uh, yes, ones? we do still have those, and one is now in the mail to you, friend. Oh, um, how big? How okay. big's your? How big's your head? Are you like a, a small to medium, or like a large to XL? I'm a large to XL man. Come on, I'm big, Rob. You know oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's you, nothing about me small. <laughs> you got that nice Northern Irish barrel shaped noggin. A big old potato head. Yeah, indeed. Right. Yeah, I uh, know, dude. I love those things. Are great. It's so funny. Mine was missing in action for a very long time, and it brought me great uh, distraughtness. And uh, no, it recently returned, so I found it, and now one of my favorite hats is back, which I'm very excited about. Um, you can become Good a patron. Stuff. Patrons support this show with their annual or monthly donations. It's patreon.com slash Last but not least, invite and share with your friends, Rabby. Yes, sir. How are you, Josh? You know what really cancels my worlds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know would it be a pandemic, Josh. Would ah, it? <laughs> yes, it would, sir. Technically two, technically two worlds by one pandemic. Yeah. How do you how do you kill how do you kill two worlds with one stone? 
There you go. A small wee thing such as a pandemic. Imagine that. Like, Who knows? You know? Yeah, just shutting down the goddamn world for a little <laughs> while, and that's all you need. But uh, as many of you are already <laughs> noting in the comments on the YouTube stream, we have no Foucault this week. He is taking a much-deserved vacation to mm. New York, where he'll be hanging out with his family and seeing his mom for Mother's Day. So uh, hopefully he travels well and doesn't lick too many of the handles on the airplane. <laughs> and I think I think his drinking ban is up, so he might be having a lot of fun in New York if he's uh, if he's I on see. the if he's on the bevs again. Oh shit! You I know see. what? While we're at it, here let me pour one, and I can uh, I can toast the fook. There you go. So am I the de facto fuko tonight? Then yeah, you, you oh you're not a guest, you're co-host. Ah, see, well, I, had I known that, I would have grown myself a beard. You know, instead of being this baby face. We we'll add the beard on in posts. Don't worry. There you we'll, go. And we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll Photoshop on the beard. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But, uh, Fuku, hope you're having a good time wherever you are. And uh, cheers, Rabbi, for coming and filling in. Uh, cheers. Sorry, everyone. Mm. What you drinking there, Rabbi? Uh, cola. A cola. Yeah. Party animal. Yeah. I'm a bit of a lightweight tonight, unfortunately. 10, 10 o'clock on a Saturday, and he's having a cola. I know. Cola. I know. But I have a very early start tomorrow morning. Very boring. Speaking of boring things and early starts, um, mm. Rab, you've been on a bit of a piping journey. I have. So, I haven't talked much about it. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been listening and I haven't heard many updates on how it's going. So there's a couple <laughs> angles to this because one of the things that really interests me, and we're just getting right into it today because why the hell not? Why not? Yeah, one of the things that really interests me is we talked a little bit before the show about how I think you said you'd spoke to Richard Parks. And he oh, yeah. and he was saying that, you know, he's not even practicing to improve right now. He's just practicing to maintain. Exactly. And we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, we talked a lot on this show, especially about like, you know, lack of motivation when you're not getting to band and you don't have a lot of gigs and all that stuff. So you had started learning pipes not long before the shit hit the fan. That's right. I started in October, uh, pandemic headed in March. So... So, yeah. So how's that been as a as a new piper? It's been fun trying to like um, trying to like keep yourself, you know, cuz I mean everybody everybody who's been playing pipes for a, a little while to a while knows like it's a bitch and a half in the beginning. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, learning on the chander was one thing and struggling with technology and delay and everything, that was another. But actually lifting the instrument itself like the Highland pipes and having to learn how to tune them, blow them, uh, just maintain them all with this barrier, you know, of having a screen to deal with instead. You know, normally you would have your pipe major there. You would just lift the stock and get, give it a turn for you, check your read and stick it back in. And, you know, and as a beginner, you don't know what sort of voodoo they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just kind of trying to sponge it all up. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I've kind of had to learn it all on the fly really with, so many hundred hours worth of video calls with my tutor, Andrew Shilladay, saying, am I doing this right? Am I going to break this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's, and you know, one of the things that I think makes it particularly difficult to be learning right now is it's a very tactile instrument, right? So mm. it's got quirks and like things about it that if someone doesn't necessarily show you and you can like physically watch them do it and touch and learn and figure it out, uh, you're kind of mm. fucked. Like it's, I, I have no, I do have no uh, lack of respect for people who are learning right now because it's like a really hard fucking time to try to learn how to do something without someone in the room 
or even yeah. when you're playing. I mean, we I've noticed this when we're doing our like band Zoom sessions, right? And mm-hmm. it's like you're there for a whole practice. And it's like, all right, I'm going to mute me. You unmute you. You play the metronome on your end. I'm going to listen. There's inevitably going to be like shitty delay and like internet static and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so like how do you – and how do I – this is one of the places where Foucault shines where because he's done so much teaching online through the dojo. It's like how do Mm -hmm. you try to explain to someone, uh, you know, what they are possibly missing in a tune or an embellishment – when you can't sh- you can't just like show them right you can't just be like in the room like hey no do this yeah exactly yeah or or, or the one that the i table. think is crazy is like play this with me so you and me play at the same time in real time and that will highlight some of the differences and you can't do it just because the the medium doesn't support it no that's it the, the whole playing together thing is a huge loss at the moment because well obviously i'm a child of the 80s i know i'm showing my age but that's how i learned you know, I merged someone across the table from me. You know what I mean? I didn't learn dots on the page. This music thing was a mystery to me. I copied the person across the table, and that's how I learned through mimicry. And doing this now with this technology thing, I don't know. I really am starting to feel my age, Josh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have a you have a slight one up because you're you know you have a show that you do, so you at least know how to make sure like the fucking audio is running, the video is yeah. clean. Like you know, you have. Uh, you you have I think you paid extra for the 1.5 G internet in Northern Ireland instead of the <laughs> yeah that's it and do, do you know you hit on an interesting point there you know about being a tactile instrument and being hands on I had a whole lesson with Andrew just teaching me how to lap a stock you yeah. know how to you know and that was it like I have where is he you know this stuff I didn't know what this was for hemp yeah and uh, and I couldn't even I imagine no idea. I couldn't even imagine trying to sh- like show someone how to hemp their drones like no, over was, over zoom right like there's no was way incredible yeah Andrew had a you know ingenious way of doing it he got a drumstick and then showed me how to lap it the full length of the drumstick and then go back and then, yeah it, you know there's ways and means and Andrew seems to be really cool at finding new ideas but uh, oh, you're yeah, you're just you're just now starting your way down the rabbit hole, bro. Wait till like like I'm yeah. at the point to where I'm gonna like cobbler's wax and polymer thread all my drums. I'm playing <laughs> I'm playing synthetic pipes now. So oh, that's it. Yeah, and then you know we were looking at water traps and all sorts of. This is all a big mystery to me. Whereas now I'm using this new um, you know the blow stick by Flux Flux Blowpipe. Oh yeah. Really seems to be quite there's, cool. There's, there's your plug, bud. You got a link, like bigravshow.com slash flux. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that, that has been a bit of a lifesaver because it's simple plug and play, and I don't have to bother with pipes and canisters and whatever the heck this thing That's is. That's true. You know, you, this looks like. You know, and it's always funny because, like, unless you live in a fairly temperate climate, uh, everybody faces a different climate challenge when it comes to the instrument. Yeah. I I think one of the funny things to me is I liken I liken playing bagpipes to like owning an old car. Mm. Like you have to, yeah. you know, if you take really good care of it and you know its ins and outs and you know how everything works and you know when things need to be replaced or fixed or whatever, it, you know, it can be old and it'll still work perfectly fine. It'll run like a dream. Yeah. If you just expect to go in and turn the key every time, like... Eh. That's probably oh, not. That's yeah, you might want to consider like electric guitar, man, because it's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna work that Indeed. way. You got you got to listen to her creak and groan and kind of understand when she needs a little tender love and care. And 
and it's so funny because like you literally do at some times just have to create like a maintenance schedule. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, there's been nights here I haven't blown tunes at all. I'm just checking that everything is airtight and the way it should be and all of that. Yeah. Well, and as you get farther along, when you start playing gigs and stuff, you're going to be doing that because you just want to make sure that they can come out of the box and play. Yeah. You get, uh, la- that's, you get that's last every, minute gig, yeah. you're going to be like, oh shit. Well, I can't do this. I can't take this gig because I have to rehemp my entire bass drum. It's like, ah, fuck, dude. <laughs> like you just lost money on that. Yeah, no, that's it. It's preventative maintenance, I think. Yeah. So you've been Stopping you've stuff. been playing. You're up on your pipes. Have you been doing? Uh, have you started to look at potentially some competition type stuff? Or yes, I've been learning competitive stuff now for best part of six months now. Um, learning two four marches, reels, and things like that. Basically, just getting the hands ready. But I'm finding bringing those tunes to the pipes is a completely different ball game. You know, uh, the whole blowing thing is a mystery to me, finding the sweet spot and then maintaining it. So difficult and not having someone there beside you, you know, to kind of, no, you're not, you know, you're not keeping enough pressure in the bag or whatever. You're not doing it right. And having to do it with video calls, it's it's really difficult. I couldn't imagine trying to do that over video. That'd be a nightmare. Um, I will say, uh, as far as sweet spot and blowing control, there's a great course on the Piper's Dojo. What about that? Um, See? Yeah. There you go. If you go to Piper's Dojo, if you go to channelrain.com slash suckless, you can get, uh, you know, just get your one buck and there just find are. just yeah. find that one class and just take it. <laughs> uh, the just biggest, do that one and forget about the rest. Yeah, yeah, the biggest thing is, and one of the things I liked, actually, the first time I saw, I think it was, I think the first time I saw what's called what we call a manometer. I don't oh, know if, yeah, the are you tube been, with the water the thing? The tube with the water. Yeah. Have you been working with those? No, I haven't. But I've, I've seen them in action. They are seem pretty pretty good. No? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is a very janky but elegant solution. <laughs> janky but elegant. Janky yeah. but elegant. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> it works really well. And uh, and that's the thing. Like you just do practice sessions where all you're doing is playing your tune and just mm. staring at that water and just trying not to like very very zen very fucking Mr. Miyagi like staring yeah. at the water trying to make sure that it's not it's going right where it's supposed to be not too high not too low that's it indeed yeah and if, if anything i don't know drummers aren't aware of this you know but stamina is a big deal for pipers i don't know about you guys but this is probably really embarrassing to admit to this but uh I could play through the tune, first two parts, I'm fine. By the time I reach the third part, my face starts to go numb. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's not, that's not abnormal. I'm, I'm blowing raspberries into the bloody thing. And then I can't hear the tune because all I hear is... Hey, if, it, if it's any consolation, when you're, when you're uh, doing that in a band setting and you're in the circle, everybody can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you when you get to be like uh, really your lips are just blown out and you're just like yeah just, just trying just trying to get air in the bag like that's always yeah. the funny thing because like the guy standing next to you it, he can hear you and he's laughing <laughs> but so i mean it happens, I how many... it happens it happened to me i think our last gig on saint patrick's day of this year because i'd just been playing like 12 hours that day or something 12 13 uh, my instrument yeah. my instrument was falling apart it was not made to put up with that much playing and i was like just you're like, knackered just you're biting down just trying to get air in the fucking thing i'm like all right this guy's like four more tunes <laughs> i get through four more the, tunes i'll be fine you know do people think it's, it's a lung thing that your your chest is, is but it's not it's all in your face yeah i, I mean, find like there's cardiovascular stamina involved, but the thing well, that's yeah. gonna the thing that's gonna go first 
is your lips for sure. Big time. Yeah. yeah like your, your lips are going to go long before you're like, my lungs are too tired. No, that's it indeed. So and trust no, me, no, your, arm, your arm will go too, man. Your arm will be hurting like a son of a bitch after a while. That's it as well. Yeah, I've noticed that. You know, because you're using muscles that you don't ordinarily. You know, people aren't used to heaving down on your left arm all the time, you know? Yeah, and I remember like, you know, uh, it took us a while in the band to like start actually using like diaphragm breathing and like intercostal mm. muscles in your ribs instead of like pushing with your stomach. Yeah. Which is like yeah. not an effective way to force air through your mouth. No, because that would tire you out even quicker. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, we've told the story on the show before of, like, when I first started in the old pipe major, he'd come by and sock you in the fucking gut while you were playing. <laughs> because if you're using the correct muscles, your abdomen is tense. Because right. your abdomen's tense and you're breathing with your diaphragm. So, you know, if he gives you a quick mm. whoop to the gut, you know, you're just going to be like, and you're going to be fine. If you're just, grand. Yeah, if your abdomen's completely relaxed and it's just a belly shot, you're going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. But you're it's right. It's, it's a thing where the yeah. muscles you're using you don't typically use. It's a little weird. Definitely. So I find now I can practice anywhere up to 30 minutes. And after that, I'm buggered. I'm absolutely spent. So it's a matter of just trying to build that, you it know? Gets, yeah, it gets better it's, with time. It's like working out. Uh, I think Andre says, you know, he says that if you're doing 10, 20 minutes every day, you'll build up, you know? The, so trick is, the trick is always there. to do more than zero minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it indeed. And do you know what makes it good for me at the moment is that I'm enjoying it. It's still fun. You know, I'm playing it and thinking, look at me, I'm making this sound right now. You know, um, but then again, I know a lot of players out there who are just simply jaded with practicing going, I really have to lift them and play them again. I can't which, be bothered. Which is kind of strange to me. I mean, you know, you know, going back to the kind of idea of having to self-motivate, especially lately. Mm. I've talked about this on the show and I talked about this uh, in a couple other venues, but like how, you know, when all this shit first started, I just went down a rabbit hole of like just being depressed and I wasn't playing. And I didn't pick up my pipes mm. for like four months. And then as soon as I started playing again, I was like, oh, wait, when I play, it's fun. And that like pulls me out of being super bummed out and depressed. That's a, that's weird, isn't it? So you know? why am I like why am I using you know it becomes like a vicious cycle that you can immediately just like reverse the cycle by like oh like you know hey I'm not totally feeling it but I'm just gonna get them together and like blow a tune or two and then you're like oh fuck I'm having a good time I'm gonna play like two more tunes sweet that's which is it. kind of if the anything, idea behind the whole hundred day challenge thing exactly to, to force you to do that all yeah. you gotta do is get you get that one tune in and your pipes are you know and sometimes even for me right now like I'll just like be tired i don't have a lot of time before you know noise curfew or shit like that and i'll throw a tune out and i'm like ah, fuck, that wasn't really good like tuning was kind of rough like but you know i got it done at least like a shitty workout still a workout that's still exactly yeah and but just now that we're talking about the dojo and you know 100 day challenge and stuff i take a lot of advice actually from doogie i know we don't like to sing his praises on the pod but you know <laughs> i'm gonna sing his praises we just for like to we just like to shit talk him while we're talking about how smart he is yeah, <laughs> this this stupid asshole had a great idea recently. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the, the little pearl of wisdom that he gave me is uh, the hardest part about going to the gym is getting into the car and going to the bloody gym. Yep, you know it's not actually when you're there and working, you've done the hard bit already. You've packed your gear, you've went. <laughs> you know, so that's what I like in bagpipe practice too. Get them out of the box in the first place, and then you you get over that 
hurdle, you know? Yeah, and if you're and if you're fortunate enough, like one of the things that I did when I was this is my second attempt at the hundred day challenge. I'm forty seven days in, I think. Oh, um, nice. And like, and I'm fully intend to finish it. But one of the tricks I found early on was I had the fortune of just like being able to, you know, take my spare room and just leave my pipes out. Ah, I see. So I mean, te- <laughs> I mean, obviously, like I had capped the channer and all that stuff, so it doesn't dry out to shit. But I, you yeah. know, I just like was left my pipes out to where all I had to do is take the channer out, quick, you know, quick read check, pop it in, tune, and then fucking go, just play. There you go, easy peasy. Because yeah. then every time I'm walking in the office, I'm like, well, I haven't done my 100 day yet. And they're just sitting over there. They're just, yep. my McClellans are just sitting there looking beautiful and unplayed. <laughs> oh, should, probably, should probably rip out a quick tune. And, and most you know, of the I time, find that's that. what happens. You start playing and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know what? I'm going gonna, gonna to take a couple rips at a couple other things. Let's see if I remember how to play this. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, once you have that first tune, you think to yourself, well, that was maybe crap, but, you know, I like this tune, or I, I love playing hornpipes, or, you know, you, you start getting lost in the woods then. Before yeah. you know it, you've nearly half an hour, an hour done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just put my, put my bourbon down on the table right next to it, and then I, you know, I got my little phone tripod where occasionally I'll do a video for the Dojo Facebook group. Hmm. Which I've which I've realized multiple habits that I've had to change just by doing more video posts. Like one was like Doogie kept giving me shit on blowpipe and posture stuff, and I think I've got that mostly nicked. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, the one that I realize now is I'll be playing, and especially if it's a tune that I haven't played in a hell of a long time, and I'm like trying to remember it, like my hmm. eyes like roll back in my head like a fucking demon. <laughs> Like the Undertaker, dude. It's crazy. I'll send you. I'll send you one of the videos. Because like I noticed it because I was rewatching a video that I posted to the Hundred Day Challenge group, and like my eyes are like rolled back in the back of my head, and like my eyelids are like fluttering, like I'm like I'm you know being possessed, computing the the devil. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's a fucking attractive look. Like I hope I don't fucking do that when I'm at gigs. Jesus Christ. So now, one of the other things I'll be working on during my 100-day challenge is either I'll just close my eyes, because I thought my eyes mm. were closed. I was mistaken. No, I looked like I was fucking having a seizure. <laughs> so now I'm going to either yeah, close my eyes look. or just look without doing any weird shit with my eyes. That would do it. That would do it. But yeah, I yeah. saw that on one of the videos. I'm like, oh my God, I look fucking possessed. I'll send you the, I'll send you the clip after the show today. It's fucking wild. That could be fun. That could be fun. And you know, that's one thing I've learned. See, by recording yourself as well, Josh, you know, you're practicing away to yourself and you think that's fine. And then I go to record a video to send to my tutor and then it just, well, what the hell was I thinking? That sounds oh, yeah. like a bag of balls. What's That was always <laughs> one of the fun things, uh, you know, even back before pandemic, occasionally we would do like homework assignments within the band and Andy had this mm. idea. It was a good idea just to make sure people were like at least getting their pipes out more than once a week. I was yeah. like, all right, like get a pipe, get your pipes out, play the first two parts of the two four, you know, set your phone up, record it, send it to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the like benefit that comes from that one isn't people getting their pipes out again and sending you a, a recording that you can look at. Is that it's so rare that they just record it once and send it to you. Yeah, because they're gonna look because <laughs> they're gonna look at it before they send it and be like, oh, that's not that's shit, you know. And then they record it again, like, oh, well, I could have done this better. And then they record it again, like, okay, that's close. But what if I just took the tempo down a bit? And then they record. And so by the time they actually send you something, they've played mm. the thing that was their homework like seven times. 
see, there you go. And so it's I just find like, myself doing that. Yeah, it's just like, oh well, you know, it's, it's a little extra, little extra practice built in, just because no one wants to send you a recording that's absolute crap. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now I, I know we're we're all very piping centered here at the minute, but I do want to talk about drumming because it does work kind of both ways. These drumsticks have sat on my desk now for months because I've been doing this piping thing. These poor things have been neglected, and uh, decided today to get them out. Have a wee rattle in between interviews, and uh, my hands wouldn't move. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, good God, what's wrong with me? I can't even play the straightest 6-8 or 4-4 disaster. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to learn how to drum again. Well, it's one of the questions I had that kind of popped in my head earlier on that I was saving for later was when when you practice drums, because this is going to be me showing my ignorance about uh, Highland drumming for sure, which, you know, it's mm. okay. I show my ignorance all the time. <laughs> but when you when you practice drums, like you're just are you just rattling to a score in your head or a piece of sheet music? Or are you playing with like a melody in the backing? Like is like well, you have like a you have a recording of the tune that you're playing to? Normally just stick to scores, if you know what I mean. Um if you whenever you reach that level and you're playing drum scores, you know, that's kinda what you stick to. You know, you play the scores that you've learned and that's it. Um, but I always kind of like I would shop a lot of stuff, you know, the Duthert book of stick control and that like that has tons of rudiments and stuff that you can play through, get your hands moving. And what I find is that my hands didn't move, so I didn't progress any further. So <laughs> you would play through all of your rudiments and stuff and it's dead boring, but it gets the hands moving. And then you go from there, right, I'll play a few standard road sets, like a 4-4 four, or 3-4 four, four, whatever. If you don't need a tune, you just play through your scores. And then after that, if you're feeling brave enough, you go into your MSR that you maybe learned like three years ago, if you still remember it, <laughs> and stuff like that. It's mostly all scores, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that was always like kind of curious to me because for my mind, coming from the piping side, right? Like when I when I get out the pipes and play, like I'm playing a melody, I'm, you know, I'm kind of setting the feel of the tune with how I'm playing. And you would think, yeah. you know, obviously the drums in an ideal situation you have piping you have pipes and drums that are kind of working off of each other to like really mm -hmm. make it fucking go work together yeah but it's one of those things that you know we've talked about before uh with even our drummers where it's like can you hum the melody of this tune right like if i if i say hey mm -hmm. like sing me the march from our msr it's weird and maybe it's just how you know maybe it's just my brain not being a drumming brain uh but like how like how do you be like oh like this is definitely how this tune goes without the melody portion it's just like is it just just score the score is the bible and that's what i'm sticking to well i know as my time as lead tipper i very rarely knew the tune names you know yeah um, but i knew to i knew to myself to be able to hum at least the first four bars you okay. know, or at least the, the first phrase so, you know, you were able to hum it in your head what the tune started like, and then the rest of your brain switched to drum score mode. You know, it's hard to describe. Because you, <laughs> you would figure that, like, you know, you would figure that uh, knowledge of the melody would inform the inflection of your sticking when you're drumming. That Well, not so much for the snare line. You know, that's mostly up for the lead tipper. That it's his interpretation of the music. You know, as a drummer, you're playing to your lead tip, and your lead tip's playing to the music. Oh, you know I mean? okay. So you're okay. That makes sense, though. So you do. So the person who's lead tipping, like they have a pretty solid understanding of the tune. Oh yeah. And oh then, yeah. Definitely. And mm -hmm. then everyone else is kind of like you know, 
it's like it's like the one archer that knows exactly where a shot's gonna go and all the other archers just lift their bow to the same angle the same way exactly <laughs> now i have to say the bass drummer and tenor chord are completely different they are very focused on the music i think if anyone in the drum line at all was to hum you the tune the bass drummer would know it all of the embellishments and everything like grace notes tarlos he, he would <laughs> sing you the whole thing note for note um bass drummers have to really because they're the meat in the sandwich they're between the yeah. snare line and the pipeline they really have to understand the music a lot more than what the snare line would, I would argue. I don't know. I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. So, but- so oh, not as much heat, <laughs> not as much heat as I'm about to get for this. So, uh, we have a, we have a common thought here at the Chain Rain podcast that, uh, bagpipers make the best bass drummers. I would kind of agree. Yeah. I, I have seen a lot of top flight pipers turn out to be amazing bass drummers. Yeah. Not gonna lie, this, but yeah, I would agree with you there, Josh. Yeah. Um, so there those, now, now let your hate mail come in. Uh, you I can wait for that. You can yeah. submit your hate mail to uh, bigrabshow.com, the <laughs> weekly drone. Yeah, <laughs> go, on the, go on the weekly drone and, sh- and shoot that shit over. That's it, indeed. But you know, there is the con- counter argument, though. You know, to be a good bass drummer, you have to actually be a a pretty decent drummer. You do have to know your same rudiments and stuff as a snare drummer. And one of my great quotes is that Stuart Little is an amazing snare drummer. Have you ever heard Stuart no, play heard snare? Him, I've never heard him play snare. He's incredible. Like oh, he's shit. really good. Now, so good. Like I've I've seen him play the Duthard salute many times with some of the you know the top flight guys like mm. McWhorter and Crichton those guys, and it fits in just like a glove as if he's always been there. You know, I'm not entirely convinced that there's an instrument that Stuart cannot play. Um, That's it, too. especially yeah, especially after hearing him rip on an accordion <laughs> recently. Oh, I know he's amazing on that as well. Yeah, that's just that's no. just not fair. That isn't fair, really. Yeah, come on, Stuart, <laughs> <laughs> give some talent to the rest of us, please. That's what, that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens when you you know don't play Call of Duty. <laughs> that's it, indeed. Yeah, uh, you put your skills to other use. Yeah, yeah, you find another you find other avenues with which to uh, fill your time. Real quick, I wanted to give That's a shout it. out because I see we have some patrons. Oh, bumming, okay. bumming around in the chat. I see uh, Bradley boy, beer shout boy Brad, who um, he's coming to Vegas soon, which I'm very excited. Ooh, that'll be fun. Oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be you know how it goes when it's all of us in a room, man. It's gonna be wild. <laughs> awesome so, stuff shout out here boy good to see it um so rap had a couple of things i wanted a couple of little like tiny things before we get into any kind of larger topic um mm-hmm. one, one of which is i thought that we had a great opportunity here with you coming on and me uh having the time to finally pick your brain Uh-oh. as as two piping podcasters what's coming <laughs> as two piping podcasters and people who you know uh, put understand the work that goes into putting this crap out on a weekly basis mm, uh, what do you think about how, how would you sum up trying to do a bagpiping podcast in the time of fucking Rona is it like squeezing water out of a rock for you at times man honestly it has been a bit of a push <laughs> it's, it's nuts right <laughs> It has been a bit of a push. Uh, there's been some weeks where there hasn't been anything happening. You know, there's, there's been zero new releases. There's no news at all. So with that regard, that's why I'm glad that some people are creating news. You know, yeah. like, nothing's happening. So let's do something. 
you know, let's run a competition, let's make an album, let's write a book. You know, that, that's been invaluable, really, keeping the scene moving at the moment. And you know, thank God for them people because it gives me something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? Because it's one of those things where, I mean, we have this, and luckily, I, I, you know, commend you more than us when it comes to this regard because we can always just do something stupid. Like we, <laughs> we have that, we have that out to where it's like, oh fuck, there's no news this week. Uh, let's get a dominatrix on, or let's shock collar ourselves, or you know, like, you let's go. just yeah, let's just do yeah. let's just do silly shit because fuck, there's nothing. <laughs> and uh, well, but you know, it. with your show, with your show, largely the first half of the show is like news and updates in typical times. It is definitely yeah. That bit of the show has shrunk and increased over you know depending on that week depending on what's happened. Um, ordinarily, this last while, we've had a real focus on interviews. Folks that we wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to talk to through the season, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always so busy running here and there for gigs and stuff. And So now we're taking advantage of the time to talk to people that we wouldn't get a chance to, you know. And we've been really fortunate, I have to say, you know, I honestly pinch myself sometimes. We reach out to folks and say, hey, we're this, you know, pipe on podcast and stuff. Do you want to come on and talk to us? And not only have they heard of us, but then they also say, yeah. I'm like, what? Really? Hey, you're so- <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, man. Nobody's more nobody's more surprised when people want to come on their show than me. <laughs> it's amazing, though. You know, it's great to see that, you know, piping podcasts are really helping at the moment. Like, I'm, you know, a big testament for that. You know, we're trying to keep the community connected and keep the piping scene moving and i think both the rant and ourselves at the rab show we're, we're doing what we can and also the folks at up to the line as well they're doing some incredible work with their new competition and stuff that oh they're running. yeah i mean it's 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 another um we could we could go down a rabbit hole on that too of just like the upcrop of all these kind of mm. backyard competitions that people are running uh and mostly just online like yeah and there's a load of them and they're all pretty successful in their own right you know and the up to the line lads ran that contest last year and didn't expect half the volume that they got you know the amount of people getting involved was crazy so the fact that they're doing it again you know they're gluttons for punishment (laughs) (laughs) well yes um, (laughs) there's there's no there's nothing else to say about those boys other than glutton for punishment (laughs) Exactly, yeah, but I think it's fantastic news. Like, whenever Stephen announced it and stuff, I was like, yes, this really made my week, you know? Um, so, because it gives people something to play for, you know? Oh, 100%, so, yeah. I mean, and it's it's one of those things that I think is going to, you know, obviously there's a lot of aspects of the past year that are going to drastically change the landscape in a lot of things, yeah, uh, a lot of things yeah. that we all do. But, you know, one of the positive outcomes, I would say, is, like, people have realized, hey, if I want to compete, I can just throw a contest. Like, There you go. Exactly. It's, it's a very yeah. common it's a very common thing among, uh, like, Scottish athletics where they'll do, like, a backyard games. And it's just like, hey, this practice, we're, take, we're scoring. There you go. Basically. Right. And just, just for shits and giggles to, like, you know, because it gives you something to work towards. I mean, it's, it's so hard. So hard to maintain motivation when it's like, what for? Yeah, exactly. Why bother? Yeah. yeah. When you're not going to get a sash or a, a spiky trophy at the end of it. You know? <laughs> or, a, or, or a fucking 10 cent uh, piece of die cast metal that says third <laughs> on it or whatever. No, exactly. Yeah. And it, it does make you wonder, like I've asked this question on our show before, but you do wonder why 
association seem very reluctant to sanction these events you know give people that level of focus like okay this is a sanctioned contest we need to get involved here oh don't you know worry I mean? don't worry we're gonna give them their just desserts later on in the show <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> so uh so speaking speaking on the topic of like podcasting and piping in the time of the rona um so mm-hmm. you know you've talked about how you've managed to get access to different people for interviews like what's what's next for the big rap show like what's what's on like i Ooh. have this giant whiteboard mm-hmm. in the studio that's like all right here's all this shit that i want to do that it will be really cool to do but like can't do it yet so what's like on the big rab wish list of like man if I could fucking do this? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously we had plans to go to Pipe and Live in 2020, and again, thank you to the pandemic that was scrubbed. Pipe and Live was back up and running again. We heard the announcement recently that they're up and running, but they're running like limited events and stuff. So Pipe and Live's out for this year, unfortunately for ourselves and the Rab Show. So last year ourselves in the rab show we ran a beer tent event which was like a live thing that we'd done on world's weekend and uh it was all a bit slapdash at the time we had like three weeks to put it together and we managed it you know it was a little bit sketchy in places (laughs) oh man Um, you don't even want to know i think i think we had decided that we were going to do the live commentary on the world's uh, the year that oh, we did yeah. it. I think we decided yeah. we were going to do that like the night before at the bar. <laughs> so, uh, so, the, so the focus that, that for ourselves really is we want to do a pretty kick-ass event in August this year. Like we want to put some proper work into it, get some top quality performers, all that stuff. We want to have it to be this great big community event. And that's exactly where our focus is at the moment. So our pod this week, actually, we asked the community to get involved. We asked them, you look, if you want to be a part of this event, email us in and you'll be a part of the show, you know, because, you know, as much as we have, you know, these big name players, big name bands all on playing and talking and stuff, it's, we also want to hear from the regular piping fan. You know what I mean? Who's sitting on a world's weekend, sitting in front of the telly and his wife runs, nothing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not be a part of something? So, yeah. so the uh, acoustic duet of me and Fusco doing Your Love by the Outfield. That's in, right? We're going to do that. There you go. Why not? If you can play a <laughs> mouth organ. Yeah, you never know. We'll figure out the small pipe part to <laughs> lose your love. <laughs> you could learn it on kazoo or tambourine <laughs> or something. Dude, and, spe- yeah. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show because it was a failed bit, right? <laughs> we we talked one year, and uh, we were going to do... Because we do our Celtic Thanksgiving concert uh, with a yeah. band that shall not be named. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to come up with, like, uh, like bits that could be, like, crowd involvement. Yeah. And so one of the ideas was we were going to have the entire audience... I mean, this is hilarious now, post-pandemic. <laughs> but at the time, people weren't freaked out by this kind of shit. We were going to have the yeah. entire 400-person audience. We, we had ordered, like, a 1,000 kazoos. Wow. And we were going to get them to the crowd. We were going to have we were going to have everyone in the crowd get a kazoo. <laughs> and as part of a part of like a audience participation thing, we were going to do a kazoo ensemble of 500 people doing Scotland the Brave. Wow. How amazing would that be? And it was so funny because Fusco <laughs> Fusco fucking ordered like these 1000 kazoos or whatever and I'm like, "All right, yeah. we're going to do this bit. We're going to do this bit." And so they didn't get there in time. Oh no! And so we had to cut the bit, and then like 
two days after the concert, Fusco called me and he's like, motherfucker. And I was like, what? He's like, I totally forgot about this. And a box of a thousand fucking kazoos just arrived at my apartment. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. But I was just dying. I was like, oh my, because we, you know, we're dead for like two days after that concert. It's just wild. Sure. Yeah. I was just fucking, I was crying laughing. I was like that. Like (laughs) I cannot imagine anything funnier then a dead-ass tired post-concert hungover Fusco getting the knock at his door and it's just a box of a thousand fucking kazoos. You couldn't be any more random than that. That's brilliant. But, uh, but yeah, that. no. I, <laughs> so, so the beer tent, it's like, mm. a, it's like a hosted thing because I saw this and I listened to the show. I listened to the episode when you guys were talking about it and I feel like, yeah. fucking A, let's plug the shit out of it because it sounds like a great time. So Thanks. what do you guys? So you guys are gonna have like performances. You have interviews. It's gonna be kind of like a freeform thing or like a pre-recorded exactly. thing. Well, yeah, we're, we're thinking it's gonna be well both live and pre-recorded. So the performances themselves will probably be pre-recorded. You know, the guys who's gonna be on the show will perform it, but they'll pre-record it and send it into. So we'll play the video of them playing whatever. We'll chat to them. Pretty similar to what we done last year, just a little bit more slick, and. Um, yeah, we want the community to be involved, you know. So if you've ever wanted to talk to some of these guys, never had the opportunity, why not? You know, email yeah, us in. Yeah, and, now's yeah, the time. You can come on in, ask a question of whoever, you know. And uh, so we will be announcing who's going to be on it as soon as we have them confirmed, you know, uh, a little bit closer to the time. But, um, yeah, very excited for the beer tent. But not, not only the beer tent, you know, I know having a – a plan for the rest of the year because we're in the middle of this COVID nonsense. We are starting to see things open up in the piping scene here in the UK. And we're starting to see little glimpses of possible events happening. So we have plans for live streaming like we always would have done, but we're wanting to tweak it a little bit. Technology is updated since 2019 when we last streamed the competition. No. Um, I know. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're hoping to do a little bit more with it. You know, perhaps with some live commentary or something and transitions and fancy do-backies. Yeah. Don't know. We'll try and work out something. That's awesome, man. But, I mean, it's, it's it's a pain in the ass, but it's so worth it. I mean, you know me. I, mm. I get to become a real stickler when it comes to production value. <laughs> it's important, though. It's important. It's important to kind of hold yeah. attention, man, because I, I consume a lot of stuff. I consume a lot of content, a lot of like podcasts and videos and things like that. And the easiest yeah. way to get me to just be like, I don't have time for this is for it to just like look and sound like crap. Exactly. Yeah. When it's an effort to actually watch or listen to something, nah. Nah, that's it indeed. I, I have to go back to a thing that I glossed over that was in my mm-hmm. show notes um, when I mentioned that uh, Fuko was out of town and that's why we have you co-hosting. I did want to say this. I listened to, I don't know if you've heard the droning on podcast, hmm. but uh, it's a uh, yeah, piping Jim. He's one of our regulars. Um, he's been doing a podcast called droning on and he did an interview with Andy that I think came out not too long ago. Oh, okay. So, so if no, you guys, if you guys need your daily dose of Andy this week, I uh, would check out the Journey On podcast episode. And uh, it's a nice, little, nice, calm little interview. Um, one of the things that I thought was great, because we're both, <laughs> we both get called to go on other people's podcasts and do interviews fairly frequently. And hmm. the hardest part for us is like remembering that it's not our show. So we can't fucking say fuck every <laughs> fucking third word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm a testament to that. Yeah. yeah Rab knows. Me. Rab knows how it goes. 
Oh, the worst editing job of my life. <laughs> so the funniest fucking thing is, uh, we like you know, I one of the things I really liked about this episode uh, with Fusco, and he did pretty good. I think because I got I did an interview too that's not out yet. I think I might have not said fuck quite as much, um, which is amazing. That's just a testament to the fact that I was mostly sober. But uh, yeah, yeah, he does like little like burls to cover it up. So it's like like every time someone says fuck, it's like nee, don't. Oh, okay, right. And I just thought that was a <laughs> that was a brilliant creative decision. I think that's really fucking funny. There you go. So droning, gonna, droning on. Droning, call it yeah, droning on. the The font looks like Game of Thrones font. Oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, hey, you know, I'm normally pretty up to speed on piping podcasts. I must have missed this one. So yeah, yeah apologies uh, to the droning on folks. No, no, he's out of uh, Utah, if I remember correctly. He's a he's a right. player in Utah, and uh, I mean, it's you know, it's like a low key. It's just kind of a chill interview type show, but it's good times. Sweet, I'll have to check out it yeah, for I, sure. I enjoyed it. Yeah, if you want to, awesome. you know, if you want to just listen to a good show with a bunch of nobodies, that's that's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I include ourselves. I include both me and Fusco on the and the nobody train. Ah, not at all. You guys, you know, you keep going on about this one of the six thing. There's only six people listening. No, my arse. You guys have a huge following. You know, Brad, I told you a long time ago. The industry secret is you just gotta be an asshole. <laughs> Do you know the amount of people that I meet still locally here in Northern Ireland? I could be at a service station or something, you know, putting gas in the car, and then they're shouting over, going, Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hashtag one of the six. I said, That's the other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but that's not me, but that's the other one. But that's thanks. One. You know? <laughs> hey, I can't wait to go back, man. I miss, I miss uh, lovely, lovely Northern Ireland. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. It's uh, it's a law in itself. Plus, I got to see uh, how many like weird little you know two two or three year olds with full beards there are walking around after <laughs> Fusco sowed his unholy seed all over that place. That yeah, that's it. No, it's been how long has it been since you guys have been over here? <sighs> we were there in 2017, so it's been about four wow. years. Yeah, oh it's my crazy, God. right? It fucking flies. That's insane. Yeah, you need to come back over again. I don't even know what bands are still going up there, aside from (laughs) Kloskelt. Well, I know Bally Breast, actually, they're trying their best to push out. You know, the last I was talking to Jason, um, they're working pretty damn hard to try and get another band out. I know, I know we we already mentioned this on the show, but uh, is it just me or has Jason gotten fucking fit? Holy shit. That's ridiculous. Looks like the Incredible Hulk at the moment. Yeah. He's just be like this this big goofy ginger guy. Now he's all fucking svelte and shit. I was like, bro, Jesus. Yeah, I was I was keeping him going, and I says, so this is what you're doing when you're not practicing. You're not you're working out. <laughs> he's just he's just <laughs> lifting, just lifting, and yeah, just lifting weights the whole time. <laughs> yeah, oh, fair play to him. Yeah, he's ripped. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure. You know, luckily, I think that going back to kind of the topic of like uh, the future of some of our shows. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be. Hope honestly, I think that the the best possible scenario is we'll get back to some sense of normalcy and we can go back to what we do best, which is pissing people off at events. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. You know, I, I want to get back on the grass and talking to people who are actually there. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's where it's, it's at. such a big deal. Yeah, and it's, I know it sounds dead cheesy, but it is. It's the community. It's the the piping folk that we do this for. One hundred percent. Yeah. If we're not involving those people who are at these events, there's no point in it. You know what I mean? 
Well, and the thing for so. us is like so much of our content is like, for the Chain Rain podcast. Like so much of our content is just based off of like the sesh of adventures. Yeah, and so yeah, it's like, fuck, it. man, we don't need fucking adventures in a goddamn while. I mean, aside aside <laughs> from the adventure of trying not to fucking die, you know, when going to the grocery store, like we really haven't had a lot of adventures lately. No, that's we're, it. We're it's really stifled everything, you know, from the piping scene. But so, it is just a testament, sir, to your uh, either ability as a showrunner or boredom that uh, still cranking out <laughs> once a week, baby. Still doing it. Still haven't missed yet. Now with 250-odd episodes. Now, it's insane. If, I, like, if I get to 250 episodes, Rab, put me down. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's a bit crazy, and uh, there has me, been times I've thought. a horse with a broken leg at that point, and just fucking. <laughs> That's it, lame duck. <laughs> uh, there has been times I was thinking, God, what do we want to talk about this week? And that's when you really have to get creative. And thank feck I have the team that we have because then we all start brainstorming. Oh, you your know, we team all start is awesome. messaging. Yeah, we all start messaging each other. What the hell's going? What are we going to do? And then what's happened? Actually, a few times. Weekly drone, let's give us something to talk about. Oh yeah. You know. That's that's Weekly just drone. such a such a rock star of a segment. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And Aaron does it in such an amazing way. <laughs> you know, there's nobody else could do weekly drone other than Aaron. Um he delivers it in such a way that is both hilarious and interesting at the same time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but he's Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Aaron is uh one of a kind. They they broke the mold with that man. <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> so now i think you know grabbing at topics each week is, is one thing grabbing at guests is another but i really hope that when or if the scene gets back again doing what it was doing that making content will just be so much easier you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? well it'll be it'll be easier in the sense of you'll have more to do and talk about it'll be harder in the sense that you'll have more to do because we're like oh shit yeah. we got like five games we gotta shoot at this this week fuck that's it indeed. That's the other kind of pressure. Yeah, I do remember those days, you know, uh, worrying about going to live stream a competition at the weekend. Oh, <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, or, or uh, hey, I'm going to go live stream the competition this weekend, and then everyone that's there that's running it is going to be a cunt and kick me out. <laughs> do you know, through all of this, Josh, I really think that piping associations are seeing the value of it now. Oh, my you gosh. Oh, tr- oh, just trust me. Save Save that note. Save mm. that note, because <laughs> we're about to get to that uh, real quick. I'm going <laughs> to pop through a couple more kind of like news and updates things, and then um, we're going to talk about kind of associations, the worlds, that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. I'm really curious for your take on this, because my take tends to be a little harsh, and you're more kind of knowledgeable about this. So I'd like to. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm going to yeah. have you. I'm going to have you take me to school, man. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Real quick, I want to plug uh, Chain Rant Discord. Uh, lots of fun. We've recently added some channels. It's a lot of weird folks talking about weird things. But if you're into that sort of thing, you can go to chainrant.com slash discord. Uh, big shout out to our good friend, Miss Isla Stout. The book is out. The Stout Collection is now available for pre-order, I believe. Um, so check that out. We shared it on our Facebook page. I don't have a mm-hmm. link for that because they're not paying me to. Uh, last but not least, uh, oh, Ross's book is out too, I guess, but we talked about that a lot, The Roke. Uh, Fusco got a copy. Yeah. I looked at it. It's a fucking cool book. It is. It's, it's a, pretty amazing. It's a yeah. really, it's a, as a person who likes to think that I have a sense of design, it's a good book. It's cool. 
That is, um, definitely. Dirtbag Olympics Part 5, coming soon. Rab, can I already put you down as one of our narrators? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I had one come in early that I think would just be perfect for you. Oh, no. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> so you can submit You can submit your dirtbag stories for the Dirtbag Olympics Part 5. I realize it's been so long since we have did one that a lot of the audience doesn't even know what Dirtbag Olympics is. I, know, I think it was a previous episode, Josh. You had to explain to your guests yeah. what the Dirtbag Olympics I was, like, was. I was like, oh, man, has it been that long since we've done it? But it, it does take a while. It takes a while to collect all the stuff and everything else. But So you can yeah. submit uh, channerant.com slash dirtbag. You can submit your dirtbag piping story. Um, just, you know, who shit themselves in the circle, who who banged the <laughs> pipe major's wife, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who took a piss in a drum beat? Who? Drum case, yeah. <sighs> That's just travesty. And uh, last but not least, uh, pipersdojo.com, or let's see, chainrate.com slash suckless, $1 off your one month, or $1 for 30 days test drive. God, I always get that one wrong. There you go. <laughs> yeah. $1 test drive. There you go. All right. For 30 now, days. While we're, this is going to be an experience in quantum mechanics because while we will not have any delay in the live stream for the audio listeners, they will experience a two minute delay while they listen to this ad from our sponsor. This episode of the Channerant Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, proudly made in North America by artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Eust, Scotland. At McClellan Bagpipes, they don't strive to be the biggest, fastest, or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of the best-sounding and most beautiful-looking bagpipes in the world since their beginning in 1988. Over the years, McClellan Bagpipes has established a solid reputation for rich, warm, and stable tone created with incredible craftsmanship and instruments of heirloom quality and unparalleled beauty. Head to BespokeBagpipes.com to learn more about their innovations like the new Elevation Chanter, which features a lower-pitched richness inspired by the classic top hand of older chanters and sustainable solutions like the Revelation Bagpipe, a Delrin instrument featuring bore's line with a cellulose polymer sleeve giving you the structural benefits of a Delrin instrument while maintaining a refined wood-like sound. Check out McClellan Bagpipes' diverse line of instruments and learn more about their restoration work on vintage bagpipes by visiting their website at bespokebagpipes.com. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. Bang, then I said that in post. See how we go? Boop. Nice little ad for uh, McClellan Bagpipes. Yeah. Do you play bagpipes? Play McClellan. <laughs> I still don't know what a Dalrin or do, what do you call that? Dalrin instrument. Yeah, so Dalrin yeah. it's a it's a synthetic, so it's like a plastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grant. But okay. goddamn, didn't know. Goddamn, are they fun to play and they fucking sound good. They look amazing too. Do you follow them on Instagram? Some of the photos are just ridiculous. It's, it's, stop it. It's piping porn, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, because even their, their wood instruments look amazing. I'm just blown away. Oh. I'm blown away by how good the... I've never heard a plastic pipe sound this good, and it's because of the whatever they say in the ad. like the It's got like a lining in the bores of the drones. It's like kind of yeah. porous, so it imitates mm -hmm. wood. But man, they fucking sound good. And uh, I like them because I can beat the ever-loving shit out of them, and you can't tell. Uh, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a very I'm a very utilitarian player. I play a lot. I play a lot of gigs. I play gigs in harsh fucking conditions, and it's just nice. That's it's it. just nice to not have to worry about it and just have it sound good and look good. Definitely suit the Las Vegas climate, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially with the, mm. the special channer that you know I don't have to, to take my high G to fuck. 
<laughs> well, see now, Josh, you should get yourself a G1. <laughs> See? I'm gonna bleep all that out. No, no G1 check. No G1 read, boys. <laughs> I think I think the read I think the read I'm playing in those right now is a Melvin, which I'd never heard of until now. Uh, Melvin read seemed quite popular. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. I mean, from my understanding, talking to Fu Joe Brady, uh, it's a specific pairing with that Channer and Reed. Although I did right. swap, I did play my. Uh, oh God! What's the read? I'm gonna get this wrong. One of our one of our band read. I don't remember what our band read is. It's an Australian read, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And I for St. Patrick's Day to get the pitch close, I played that. And hey. it sounded it sounded good in that channel too. Yeah. I actually, and this is gonna be a conversation that we're gonna have to have probably with uh, Fuko and Doogie. So I apologize, Rap. Not that I wouldn't love to know your opinion, but it's uh, <laughs> this this emerging controversy about like should everyone just play b flat yeah that's a thing it is a thing and i see merits mm. on both sides but uh, that'll be a, that'll be an, a topic for a future episode of the channel rant podcast yeah we, we did briefly cover it one time before we had the chili pipers on the show and they said that the chili pipers isn't just the three or four guys you see on stage yeah. they have like almost enough pipers to form a band and they joked about it and uh, they actually said, you know, we should phone, we should form the Red Hot Chili Pipers band and we'll all go on and play in B flat and see how we do in grade two. <laughs> it's a very, you know, there, there's arguments on both sides. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of six one way, half a dozen another on the issue. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I've listened to, you know, Pipers tuning up in B flat and, you know, and standard, you know, competition tuning. And, the competition tuning does it's a little sharp in my ear. When you, you know hear I mean? it when you hear it side by side, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. It also it's like, potentially opens up opportunities for, you know, more collaboration with other instruments and things like that. It's a very stable definitely. thing. I mean, the thing for me and the reason why like I never fret about like, are we gonna do B flat? Are we gonna do four eighty? Are we gonna do four seventy? Like all that stuff. Like hmm. uh pitch is very to me personally. And this might be become because I come from a originally before I played pipes, I come from a guitar background. Mm -hmm. So it's all very subjective, right? Like, like I yeah. I've played standard tuning on guitar. I've played D A D G E tuning. I've played uh, drop D. I've played drop B mm. when I was in heavy metal bands. Like just kind of adjusting the instrument for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still remember. You know, I had a I did a song. God, I had two of my my closest friends in the world, and they got hitched, and they're like, "Hey, like, we want you to like sing a song at our wedding for the first like our first dance." And cool. I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, "What song?" And they're like, "It's like fucking Sunday Morning by Maroon 5. And I was like, "Uh, really? so you want me to put a clamp on my testicles to try to hit <laughs> fucking?" Like you realize to get Ad up there? Like Adam Levine's like two octaves above me when he sings. Like, yeah, yeah. These these up in the stars, man. So yeah. so, what I had to do instead was I literally had to do like practices of like you know slowly getting my voice up and then I tuned my <laughs> guitar down. Oh, I see. So I tuned, yeah, like I tuned. I, I played it on an electric guitar. I tuned my guitar a full step down. So I was playing like my E was a D. So full step down, and then I had like oh, worked on go. getting my voice up higher. And that was yeah. just to, that was just to get through it. 
And I'm like, and they're just like, man, that was really good. Holy <laughs> shit. Nobody could tell that it, the whole tune was a step lower than where it normally would be. No. See, that's it. Yeah. But once you hear the B flat chanter against the competition chanters, you really can tell the difference. God, they have meat, though. They have so much meat to them. They do. Yeah. The, yeah. Though there is a definite argument there, Josh, I think, for sure. So that's going to be that's gonna be a future episode, kids. I know we just went on and mm. off about it for five or ten minutes, but that's a future yep. episode. Cause I'm gonna, I'll be tuning in for that. I'm going to have, I'm gonna have uh, Doogie and Fuko go head-to-head, and then i gotta find, I got to find somebody who's, like, against it. Because I think Fuko might be for it. Ah, I see. But uh, here's, here's An interesting a, debate now, yeah. a fun peek behind the scenes of the Channering Podcast. Anyway, mm. getting to our topic. Indeed. Rab, I don't want to close my eyes. And I don't, don't want to f- fall don't asleep. Fall asleep. <laughs> Cause I'll miss, Cause I you, miss baby. you, baby. And I don't want to miss the world. Miss- <laughs> Are you going to the uh, is that where you're going? There you go. Yes, sir. So there's a couple of things <laughs> there's a couple of things that I kinda of want to get into. Because one, I understand that this kind of impacts uh this impacts bands in the UK and surrounding area much more so, I think, than it does um here in the States. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I also think it impacts the uh future sustainability of the institutions that hold events in the UK mm-hmm. because they yep. all they all had to write checks their asses couldn't cash. Yep. So, as my uh, resident, you know, investigative <laughs> journalist when it comes to the goings-on of UK pipe mm. band associations, uh, what do you got for me, bud? Like, what do you think What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Let's start there. Very like, good question. <laughs> Honestly, the- don't know. I think at the moment with the new chairman that we have, Kevin Riley uh, of RSPBA, um, he seems to be doing quite a good job. You know, I'm not going to slag him off and say he's terrible because honestly, I think he's been doing some a lot of great choices, moving the thing in the right direction, I suppose. Uh, I suppose money is a concern, but we've seen from the last financial report that the RSPBA are actually financially solvent, although they're solvent when people are continuing to pay their fees. And this has now been two years of ban fees paid in with no competitions and bands are going to start asking questions. Well, if we pay a third year worth of fees, what are we going to get? You know? (laughs) So yeah, bands were threatened with fines and back payments and all sorts of craziness and potential sanctions and possible. I have heard it that some bands could potentially be banned from competing if they didn't pay up and all this, all sorts of scary biscuits and essentially to have the plug pulled anyway, a lot of bands are now saying, I told you so. (laughs) <laughs> you know so so now that the RSPBA has basically become a terrorist organization uh what <laughs> what are what are bands going to do cuz cuz i mean okay like let's look at this let's look at this uh kind of birds eye view and mm. you know look at it from a perspective of someone who's not there like me i'm a i'm a big person where if i pay for a service i expect a service right mm mm-hmm. mhm like yeah. if I if I go to the drive thru to get my chicken nuggets and I pay and you say, Well, not this time, come back next time. And then I pay again and you're like, Well, no, no chicken nuggets this time. Come back next time. <laughs> yeah, I'd be at a certain it. point I'm like, Motherfucker, where are my chicken nuggets? I'm like, Well, if you don't pay a third time and I maybe give you chicken nuggets, I'm gonna ban you from the restaurant. Like 
<laughs> what? Yeah. And how do you how do you try to threaten someone with back pay on a membership organization? It's like it's like, dude, I don't have to be a member every year. No, that's it. And I think the association are finding themselves in this really unique position that they have to encourage their membership now to actually be a part of it. Whereas before they didn't have that problem. People just always paid their money and wanted to be a part of it. Whereas now they're actively having to chase them and say, oh, no, come on, you know, come and be a part of our thing now. You know, whereas a lot of players, I know a lot of top flight guys are just not bothering anymore. Well, because especially if they're going to fucking threaten you, right? Like, yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Your, you know, it, your financial emergency does, it does not make me beholden to you. Like, what the fuck? No, exactly. Yeah. And, and the cancellation of the world. You can't force me to pay you for services not rendered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The cancellation of the worlds has huge repercussions for not only the bands, but for all the businesses that are involved, like people who make piping and drumming their livelihood, you know, and there's a lot of them here in the UK, you know, that make instruments that sell them or for people who often offer tuition services, stuff like that. Like a lot of people who are dependent on piping and drumming for an income, like this decision not only has repercussions for the association, the bands, but also all the businesses and stuff that surround it. You know, it's a huge industry. And I dare say the decision wasn't easy to make, but it was kind of inevitable. Oh, there was no way around it. I mean, we called this, both of us, you and I both called this, what, January? Mm Mm-hmm. Easily, yeah. Now, we said early on that it wasn't happening. And then whenever it was announced, I don't think anyone was surprised. You know, I didn't hear any one person go, oh, wow, really? Now one of the one of the questions I have for you because they did they did hold off uh, longer than I think is responsible. True. Before they yeah. announced before they announced like it wasn't going to happen, do you think that was connected in some way to their efforts to really just try to collect as much do like if we if if we have the worlds on a stick on a string in front of mm. you, can we get yeah. as much dues as we can before telling you that it's canceled because they had to have known. Yeah, I think it's very much a part of it, Josh. And it was kind of a... Oh, lost you for a second. Hold on. Oh, there we RSPBA, go. Yeah, RSPBA did not cancel. It was, you know, it was the councils who cancelled them. And in this case with the world's... You had the company Glasgow Life. You have Visit Scotland, which is like the tourism board, stuff like that. So, yeah, it wasn't RSPBA who cancelled these events. It was companies who run them. So, well, I'm I'm not I'm not denying the you know the attempt at plausible deniability, right? But yeah, let me let me phrase this a different way. Okay, so you pay me for an admission into an event. That may or may not happen. If I knowingly take your money, despite being fairly sure that event's not going to happen, I'm the bad actor there. Mm. Just because I'm not the person that canceled it, no, doesn't mean anything. Still... And and you could still you still have you still have avenues out of that, right? You can still forgive fees, fucking return fees. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, there are associations here in the states that rolled fees over. There's like, all right, like you don't have to pay next time because you already paid and nothing happened. That's it, indeed. Yeah. Um, and while that, to be the, honest, the only the um, only reason that that won't work, right, 
in the case of the RSPBA versus uh, associations in the United States, the only reason that that membership and customer service model won't work is because they are so dependent on the monies of these bands to pay themselves. Yes. Yeah, that and advertising and all sorts of uh, deals that are worked out with district councils. And yeah, everything's tied in with money. So you're kind of you're, you you're screwing over you're screwing over your technically members, but really customers more than anything else. And really yeah. not even not even members or customers, because a, a member or a customer can choose not to participate without repercussion. That's it. They can so, easily just step away and do something. So instead else. you have like you know, these people that you think are indentured to pay you for shit you're not doing. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate them adopting the model of like an American gym, but. (laughs) That's pretty similar though. Let's just, let's just charge you on the hopes that you never come. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, what the association's doing now, we're actually seeing them developing what they're calling a recovery plan. They have, you know, a committee or a board or something. They're all meeting together now and they're building this recovery plan. And what we believe this recovery plan is, is they're actively trying to pull members back into the fold, you know, because people have become jaded with competitive piping. Now it hasn't happened in about a year. Like I was saying to you earlier before we started recording this, that I know some mates of mine have took up martial arts and stuff and have filled their time now with all their stuff. You know, so now they have the people that are pissed off for paying money for a thing that doesn't didn't happen twice, and they know martial yeah. arts. <laughs> That's it. They're MMA oh, fighters, man. Now, yeah, yeah. That, that, I'd be worried about that. You're gonna have a yoked, you're gonna have a yoked Stuart Little coming in, like. I tell you, come in there and put you in a trial. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's what's happening at the moment. We're finding the association are, are rebuilding this recovery plan as to what it is. No idea. I haven't heard any rumors as to what the content is. But I'm glad in a way that they're doing something. You know that you know they've realized we've had two years of nothing here. We need to do something to rebuild this. I just think like for me, the thing that I will never understand, and this may just be you know because I'm an American. I will never understand how, like, how long are bands and players uh, in in the UK and surrounding area gonna put up with like what is a what is like it's literally a relationship that could be akin to like domestic violence. Like, well, <laughs> I know I know he hits me, but he doesn't mean it, and he'll change. <laughs> Well, I think essentially it's up to the bands to change it. Like at and some point, that, at some point you just got to be like, oh, I got to fucking go. Like this is not. Yeah. Enough's enough. Yeah. I mean, all you, but, all you guys uh, need, it. all you guys need is literally like one year where half the people don't pay and it collapses on itself and you just make something better. Easy. That's it. And I was talked about at the time, whenever the association were asking for fees and we were talking about why that started a conversation. What am about I paying the creation. you for? That's the question. Yeah. It started a, a conversation then, you know, well, if we don't want to pay you fees, we're going to do our own thing. You know, there was a discussion about that online, about starting a new thing. And, uh, you know, it fell into the, the category, do we do this new, shiny, cool-looking thing over here? Or do we do the old traditional thing that we've been doing for a well, hundred, couple of hundred years now? And we found that the tradition won out you know, over the yeah, new shiny good thing. That's, and that's interesting. Cause I saw, I saw some of the conversations like in like in the opinion pieces on pipe drums and stuff like that. Mm. And it's this conversation about like, well, there's a lot of heritage. 
yeah in this organization it. and that's why like i understand it's failing miserably to do anything for itself or its members but there's a lot of heritage there so we should preserve it i'm like yeah. why <laughs> you want to preserve the heritage write down the history of the association in a book and then knock it down and make a better thing see there we go and now, now you have, have two, two years of nothing now you have heritage yeah. preserved for all the people that thought they were doing a good job and you can actually mm. like get some fucking work done and throw some contests there you go yeah it is it's an interesting debate you know and i dare say we haven't heard the end of it um now we have the new um the new guy in the top brass kevin riley he's up there now the chief's office and we're hoping to see some real changes you know we're hoping come the next big meeting which will be held in october november time that we'll get some big updates to say right he's cleaning house this is what's happening everything's changing and this development plan or recovery plan as they're calling it <clears throat> this is what it is and you know we're hoping for big things yeah. well and you also they have they have the distinct advantage of geography where they're they're located in a place where people will put up with a monarchy that doesn't do anything for a thousand years. So <laughs> why would they not put up with a piping association that doesn't do anything for like fifty or sixty? Ah, well, you know. Joys of living in the UK. <laughs> joys <laughs> Joys of living in the UK, my friend. That's it. But I have to say it's still controversial. Every time I mention it, this headquarters building. Oh God. It's the thorn in the side that no one likes talking about. And, and it, every time I mention it, they go, oh, don't talk about that, Rob. But you it's know? just, I mean, it's just empirically a dumb idea. Like we said that early on, even on our show. It's like, no, this is a this is a terrible time to blow your nest egg on something that yeah. does not return any value. You're already, you're already spending too much money on staff. Yeah. And now you're going to spend more money. Possible. You're going to spend more money on a building. For the staff mm. that you're spending too much money on, that and also a building that like nobody can fucking use. Yeah, it was the worst possible timing, you know. And um, yeah, I just couldn't have got any worse. And you know, every time you do raise it in conversation with someone, they're like, you know, oh, I it's... call it a teeth teeth dryer because <laughs> you you do that. Yeah. Hey, it's, if it's any consolation, they're in good company, man. Like they're not the only ones that have done this kind of shit. I mean, I know, I know, I like to shit on them more than anyone else because they are the most egregious and not knowing what the fuck they're doing. But like, <laughs> I, I worked for a company. My last company, one of the last companies I worked for, that was a nonprofit uh, professional organization, membership organization. They did the same fucking thing. Mm. They ended the year with too much money in the bank and they spent it on a building and nearly bankrupted themselves. And it's like, I know you so think, I know you think you want a building, but you don't want a building you want to serve the needs of your members and yeah your members don't need a building because they're not going to fucking ever be there that's it indeed and if anything what we've found to get use of the building you have to have like it booked in you have all sorts of fees to pay well to yeah after you after you pay your membership fees that helped pay for the building yeah. you have to pay additional <laughs> fees to use the building that your membership fees paid for that's it you have to pre-book it you have to pay for your slot and then you pay like I don't know resort fees or something. What are they? No what are they going to do? What are they going to do when some dickhead leaves the teapot on and they burn it down again? <laughs> Million dollar question right <laughs> yeah. there. There you go. Like, like it wasn't. It wasn't fucking struck by lightning the first time. No, that's it. That's, that's crazy. I just I don't understand the decision. Still don't. And um, I've been talking about it now for months. Uh, Beer boy Brad has a great question, and I can already answer this. Brad, the answer is no, but he addressed it to Rab. 
So he, Beer Boy Brad says, Rab, do you think they would ever sell the new HQ building to save the organization? No. Not in a million years. And why do you think no. that is, Rab? What do you think their motivating factor is? Do you think it's well, the good? Do you think it's the goodwill and being of their members and the spirit of piping and competition, or do you think it's collecting checks? Uh, the, the latter, yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> precisely. Um, yeah, the building that they're in is a historical building. It is a listed building within Glasgow, and they they have pride of place. You know, they're able to point at it and go, "That's ours. Look how awesome that is." You know. So if they decide to sell up and move into a flat above a Chinese, you know, they're not exactly going to point fingers and say, look, we're above that takeaway up there. Look, you know, they have this lovely big flash building. And yeah, along with that comes a level of prestige. And that's what they've really forked out for. You know what I mean? Oh, my least favorite P word besides priapism. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things like, it's like, what are you <laughs> even better? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad one but it comes into one of those things right it's like i feel like uh and this is you know this is getting probably too meta for this conversation but it's like <laughs> people in my opinion people tend to show you their priorities and intention through their actions right very much so and yeah. when you when you have a group of people who just cut themselves checks because they want to be in a building of prestige on the backs of a bunch mm. of bands who are the only reason that they're anything, right? Because like bands don't get any, anything out of the situation except for you're allowed to play. Bands are paying exactly. their own. Yeah. Bands are paying their own money to travel. They're paying their own fucking money to sleep in the shitty hotels. They're paying their own money to you know slam out tenor drummers and Todds. Like <laughs> that's it. The the association is the band. You know, the association is nothing without the band's folk, 100%. So it's just one of those things where it's like, God damn, guys, like, and I almost wish, you know, I used to be of the mindset where it's like, ah, fuck it, burn it down. Like, no worries. But I almost wish, like, there was a way to communicate to these people, like, you are fucking yourself. Like, there's, you don't even realize yeah. how badly you're fucking yourself over by your continued actions because you've done nothing customer service wise you provided nothing and now you're like oh by the way if you don't pay us again mm. you know you can't yeah. play it's like fuck you dude guess what when i'm when i'm not playing a season in my local organization that's fine i was like hey i'm not paying my dues because i'm not playing this season there you go yeah it was as straightforward as that and then yeah. next season i'm like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna play so here's my dues and they're like all right cool here's your here's your information you need yeah, on you go. So it brings it back to an earlier point then. You know, with the pandemic and everything now, a lot of gigs, competitions, all of that stuff, video content and online, you know, video content, live streaming is essential now. You know, I'm, I'm really starting to think that associations are starting to see the value of it. You know, whereas before we would have had to fight tooth and nail every competition to be able to point a camera at it, you know. That's one of the so, things we talked about early on uh, in our friendship was like I was so flabbergasted by the fact that you had people fighting you to live stream uh, music mm -hmm. from their event. And I remember talking to you. I was like, dude, if you're doing that at my event, I would be paying you. <laughs> 
yeah, that's it. You know, people do pay companies or that to come in and do it for yeah. them. Like, like if you're bringing well, in, if you're bringing in decent quality live streams of like piping stuff, I was like, dude, you're fucking at my event. You're getting paid for that. You're not. You're not. Yeah. I'm not coming over and saying no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, holy no. shit, yes. Yeah. Like, uh, here's your VIP pass. Here's an extra hundo, and uh, fucking go on. Yeah. Go for it, I know, and, th- and that's what we're finding now. You know, especially following the example of Australia and New Zealand. Irish internet, Irish oh, internet, Irish internet. Irish internet. Yeah, you're back. You're All right. back in the room. Oh, I was always back. You were the one that was gone, my friend. I know, I know. The friggin' hamster's not run hard enough in that way. I'd <laughs> say so you gotta. You got to uh, make sure that you're feeding him more buck fast. I think so. Yeah. Right, hold on, I no, but what I was saying, you, you know, back to full size. There you go. Oh Jesus Christ! Following, following the example of uh, Australia and New Zealand, who live streamed their championships, you know, the seeing the thousands of people that tuned into that, you know, oh, I think nuts, that kind of opened the eyes of associations here. Yeah. It's just kind of it's it's the kind of publicity that you literally cannot buy. And, mm. and I yeah, say, I say 100%. this as a person who, you know, like that was my job for a very long time. Like you just gotta, you gotta embrace it. And if I understand the idea of like wanting to gatekeep, that's why you pay people. Mm. But I mean, I, yeah, that it just, blows, it, it just blows my mind. I remember way back when all this shit was really hitting the fan and they were telling you like you couldn't live stream. And mm-hmm. I was like, why would you like this guy's doing this for fucking free? <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> like yeah i know but it's crazy and even thinking back on it you know the amount of hassle that we had like we were actively chased from certain arenas you know if we stood there with a rab show hoodie on and we weren't filming we we're just standing and watching like uh, an official would have come over and said like are you filming what what are you doing and you're like, relax i'm just watching the bands lad like you know chill out <laughs> so yeah like we were proper pariahs you know that's just insane to me that's such a waste of just free fucking marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're, we are hoping now that we're starting to see things reopen again, that we'll be able to get back on the grass without much resistance. So that was a know? question I had was like, do you do you have like a point of contact that you use when you're saying, hey, like I'm going to go to such and such games, like am I going to get any guff? Yeah, I we have to kind of have prior permission with the association running the competition. So we give them a heads up to say, right, you have an event on Saturday. We're going to be there. Will we have any issues? We plan to film this, 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 and give them a list, you know, of what all we plan to cover and why. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes on before we even have boots on the ground, you know. Um, so we hope to have that all in place, you know, if, if they do open up things again. And, yeah, we'll just start the ball rolling again. All right. Well, if I get if I get over fifteen bands registered, I'm flying you out in 2022. Cut me in. Just be ready. Just be ready. Uh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do know. I think Stone Mountain's on this year, isn't it? Yeah, I really wanted to go. Unfortunately, we have a event the exact same weekend. We're doing a athletics event. Oh, are you? Oh, I, I was see. I was very keen on going to Stone Mountain because I hear it's a fucking hoot. Uh, yeah, man, I had such a good time, but the weather was terrible the last time I was there. Uh, so I've been told I need to come back. Well, so, the weather is always going to be weather, my friend. 
yeah, that's it. So the guys at North Texas, we've been working away at, you know, competition sets in the background. So that's why I'm getting my sticks out again. Um, started learning the new stuff. Um, so in the hope that if it is on, that I could hopefully jump on a plane and get over and play again. That's the hope. But that's that's have to wait and see. That is everybody's hope, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. So, yeah. Mr. Not-So-Small Rab. We, yes, sir. This has been just way too much fucking fun. Uh, it hasn't been fun, yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. enjoying myself it's been thoroughly. Great being I know it's, getting, uh, it's been good. Being, next time, you, we gotta we got to get you a fake beard to wear when you have to fill in for Fusco. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And I have to call somebody an arsehole or something. Yeah, like, there I? you go. Yeah. Uh, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this, man. Yeah. Um, I know I know I've taken up a ton of your time. Uh, if you would like, oh my god, you keep changing the size on me, you silly goose. There you go. Uh, if you would like, I would love to give you your first shot at final thoughts on the topics of hey, where do we go from here? Uh, piping podcast futures, fucking futures of events. Like, there's a post Rona world out there somewhere. There is, and that's my final thoughts on it, man. I think at the moment we're in a period of rebuilding. You know, everything's been torn down. That's all our podcast has been about, doom and gloom and everything's fecked, lads, you know. But now we are in a period of, let's lift those sticks again, let's lift that chanter again, remind ourselves why we love this music, you know. And then if we find the love of the music, we'll reconnect with the people that we love. And before you know it, we'll be talking about competitions every weekend again. That is, uh, sounds like a utopia. My friend, I'm Doesn't very, it? I'm very excited to get to there one day. Uh, Big Rab from the Big Rab Show. If you do not listen, then you know nothing about nothing. Uh, I appreciate having you on, brother. And hey, fucking, you, have a fantastic rest of your evening. What time is it there now? Uh, it's about eleven thirty. Oh, so sleep uh, at night. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget yeah. to set up your. Don't forget to set up your PlayStation. Oh God, yeah, I'm a PlayStation Five. Yeah, I have to get into this gaming thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I love you. It's good to see you. And I'm going to go ahead and play this out.